Hello and welcome to the Developing Dads podcast. I'm your host Gordon and alongside my brother Neil, we're going to explore life as two young dads trying to figure this whole parenting thing out. Join us every Monday, we will aim to share our thoughts on how we raise our families, invest our time and explore anything and everything that interests us. Welcome to the Developing Dads podcast, episode number 53. And this is the second episode we're recording this week because we were slightly behind. Um, in this episode, we're going to be chatting about our first parents' evening. Or, I mean, if you're new to this channel, I'm a seasoned parent evening goer with, with three kids. Now, um, twins in nursery and Isla's eight in P3. Um, which I have no idea where that translates to England schools, but certainly I've been to a lot of parents' evenings. So I have a few thoughts and Gordon's just experienced his. So we're going to go into that. But without further, It is exciting. <laughs> without further ado, let's kick off like we normally do. How's your week been? It's, I, don't know, I know it's only been a couple of days since we last spoke, but how's your last couple of days that, been? That's all right, Neil. There's, you know, there's plenty of things happened in my life, but the first one is I'm going to open myself a beer. Because... Nice. You know, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like the Labrador that's not allowed on the sofa. He's on the sofa doing a podcast, having a beer, because kids asleep, right? She's upstairs, she's having a good time, and Laura's out boogieing, right? Hanging out with her uh, her gym gym thing buddies. So I'm here on my own, just, you know, feeling fat, happy, self-conscious <laughs> with a beer, while she's hanging out with hunky fitness people. An Aldi rip-off brewdog, I think. It is an, this is the drink tonight. It's anti-establishment IPA. The funny, I swear, I swear, it's just white label brewed off, right? <laughs> They've done a deal with Aldi or some kind because, like, it's basically the same branding almost. And it tastes it's brewed in. It's it's brewed in Scotland. Like, <laughs> what other company is doing that? But it's like rather than Brewdog's casual like four quid a can or whatever it is, three quid a can. It was like yeah. one pound twenty or something, one pound forty. So yeah, tastes good. I like it. They've got they've got also got a grapefruit one, you know the uh, the Elvis juice version. It's good. They've, yeah. they've also got that, and it, it's very good. Like I mean, I, I'm yeah. I, I'd like it's. It, I think beer has gone down the route a bit like makeup and like painkillers, <laughs> where yeah. it's all about the branding, right? Or everything else as well, cars, shoes. But to some extent, like you get better if you buy a Mercedes. It's better than a Fiat. Well, you'd hope so at the very least. And but they're definitely things like you know makeup and like moisturizers and painkillers. Like I think the study's been done on like the color of painkillers. Basically, they contain exactly the same thing: paracetamol and ibuprofen. But because it's <laughs> branded and has colors on it, people buy it, and it's four times more expensive. So yeah, yeah. Just just for any uh, any advice, that the Nurofen is not this is exactly the same as fifty p Tesco's paracetamol. So, yeah. Basically, yeah. There's my, there's my advice. But anyway, yeah, I'm enjoying a little beer, enjoying myself on the sofa, taking it easy on a Thursday evening, and it's quite nice actually. I haven't done this for a little while. I didn't I didn't know I was going to have a drink because you know sometimes midweek it's it clouds your head a little bit and you feel a bit groggy the next day and you're a bit kind of crap, aren't you, Neil? Yeah, I mean, I've committed to to this week. Well, this week, excluding the weekend, no alcohol, which. In, a, in a December is quite quite rare for me. Um, last week was pretty heavy. I mean, I started drinking on Tuesday, and every night until Sunday, it was it was lots of alcohol, not just a couple. It's like your so stag I'm just, <laughs> yeah, just going to give myself a 
a clean slate. So we're we're out on Saturday as a double date with another couple. So that'll probably be a bit messy. Um. Oh, so, so you're so you're not doing the whole week then? You know, bar the weekend. Bar the weekend. All right. So basically, basically, you're just not drinking during the week, which is pretty much what normal people do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, my my week's been good, Neil. I, I think when did we do our podcast Monday night, didn't we? So we'd kind of caught up after two weeks off of just not really talking very much. Um, to be honest, I've had quite of a slow, easy week. Um, I think I'm grateful for the fact that I'm self-employed. You know, where I control my diary. Which is kind of daunting at the same time is actually pretty bloody nice because, you know, I, I get to see Olivia a lot, especially on um, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, in fact, because um, the my father-in-law had a an eye operation thing and you had to, like, detach something or other and they had to sew it back on or <laughs> whatever else. So he was going through the rigmarole of the NHS trying to actually get there and then there was train strikes and all bits and pieces. So we were looking after Olivia and so we should. We're her parents. Um, so we uh, we had a lot of time with her managed to get some work done but in between sort of playing and saying hello and her bringing me stuff and then wanting to sit next to me and all this kind of stuff but I don't know it just sort of like on reflection it's kind of I make enough money to cover the bills and enjoy a good life but at the same time I'm not a dad who is absent which isn't a bad like some, some dads have to go to work they have to go to work it's just it's part of the game right you've got to do it but I'm able to do that at home and on my terms, generally speaking, which is fantastic. So I think I've had a bit of a reflection this week that that's been a, a big shining part of it. And as well, on Wednesday, we went out to some, like a lot of them um, gardens, like big stately home gardens places now do these light shows in the evenings, um, which is quite cool, actually. They're quite nice. It was at Winsley or Winslet or I have no idea, some some big house. Anyway, we went there to go and see it with Olivia. And again, just like a little family outing, right? But it was, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon which is awesome people don't do that on a wednesday right when they've got a nine to five nine to six nine to seven job so yeah it was very nice and and then yeah just the rest of the time just kind of like mopping up a bunch of stuff i could definitely be more productive and probably hammer out much more work but i'm just kind of taking my time i'm not really too fussed yeah um, it's, that, it's that time of year where yeah, it's good to wind down it's good to kind of put a close to things and just coast yeah a little bit a little bit because, you know, maybe next year is going to be really busy and maybe I won't get this kind of time off, right? So I'm just going to kind of, I've coasted it into a little bit. I've got nothing planned in the diary next week in terms of like work, like no client stuff to do yet. I might have one or two things. Um, and then, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year, I'll definitely take that off. And Laura's already asked me if I'm like taking it actually off, like turning <laughs> off in terms of like shut the laptop, <laughs> don't do any work. And I think I might do it. I'll see what I can. I'll see. What, I'll see. I'll see what I can do. We'll maybe do a podcast that week and see what it, see what it feels like. But yeah. yeah, I'd quite like to just do a a no nothing week. So yeah, that's kind of been my week, really, Neil. And then tomorrow, tomorrow morning, nine thirty, I'm off to Dubai again. <laughs> for was it thirty? For this hours? time, yeah, for this time, thirty six hours, which is uh, <laughs> which is kind of kind of weird. But yeah, we fly, and again, it's you know it's. It's all very nice. I'm flying business class again. It's going to be on the Emirates thing. It's going to be an A380. And as well, I'm really hoping this is going to be the case. But I do like football and I've been watching the World Cup. I don't know if you've, I can't imagine you've been watching any of it, but maybe you have. Anyway, I do like the World Cup. So um, unfortunately, we're flying when the final is actually on, <laughs> which is kind of annoying, right? A bit rubbish. But, but, and this is a big but, 
because when you're in first class on an A380, which is the big, big old plane, right? Emirates, you get these beautiful, big, massive, like business class seats. They're lovely, great. What you also get is a bar at the back of the plane. So on the top floor, you get this big bar, which is like a, it's just like a, a bar in a pub, right? And you get seats and there's tables and whatnot. There's also a massive 60 inch TV screen. The TVs show live TV. Wow. So I'm kind of hoping, I'm really, I'm hoping, I mean, <laughs> you never know. I'm hoping that- We've got a, t- a football on. Imagine that. Imagine I'm going to be 35,000 feet in the air, <coughs> drinking booze on a plane, watching the World Cup. That's mental. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely a story to tell the grandkids. Yeah. Like how many people in the world at that moment of the, like there's like a billion people watch the World Cup final. All of those billion people that are watching it. How many of them are 35,000 feet up in the air, <laughs> drinking at a bar, <laughs> watching the World Cup? Yeah, probably your flight and maybe one or two others. Two yeah, others. I, I don't know how busy it might. It's going to be a busy flight, so I don't know how many how many blokes are going to be out the back watching it. And girls, I'm sure there'll be a few girls watching it. Um, but that's kind, of, that's kind of a weak movie, Neil. I think, you know, upon reflection, I feel, I feel grateful for the fact that I'm self-employed and I get so much time with Olivia. And I'm able to dictate my diary so much. And just having a good time with the family, really. Just And then we planned our little trip, didn't we? We did. It's all booked. It's all confirmed. Do we, do we, are we going to reveal to the, <laughs> to the listeners where we're off to? We're taking, we're taking a, a week's trip to Sky with um, both, both families and Gordon's in-laws. It should be very Which, nice. It'd be a big one, right? It'd be quite a lot of family stuff and it's going to be five days. So who knows how we're going to cope with that. But we've got separate houses, which is probably <laughs> helpful. Yeah, um, and but yeah, the Ellis guy. I've never been. Neil's been loads of times. Like I said, I've never been. Dave and Denise have never really been. I think we're also going to do a night in Glasgow. Um, we're trying to work out logistics. Like driving with Olivia is probably not a good idea. So they might fly up and get the train, and then we'll get me and David will drive up or something like that. Take a car. Like we'll work it out. But basically, that's kind of what we're going to do. And then I've even said to Jack and Catherine if they can get themselves an Airbnb, then by all means come up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's these, pod, there's these pod things you can get. So if they, oh. if they just sleep, sleep in them and use your place for like showers and food. and Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? I, I feel like this is a good opportunity for everyone comes together, you know, as, as families. And we just have a nice time and we just kind of hang out and we can decide what we want to do. But if we stay around roughly the same area, I think it'd be quite fun. And that's kind of, yeah. So I'm actually my, really looking forward to that, to be honest. My in-laws and my brother-in-law will also be up with his kid. And oh, wow. his wife. <laughs> oh wow! So like a proper family affair then. Um, and yeah, you're, I mean, where we're staying in in Lower Breckish is um, there's four or five houses, and it's all Rebecca's cousins and family and uncles and aunties. It's all like in a little, oh, all, all a little <laughs> bit inbred. <laughs> no, not quite. But yeah, it'll be fun. I've I've, I've looked out two um, two distilleries we're going to go and see. There's a. Uh, there's... Do we have to drive to them, or are we going to get we're going to get the wives to take us? No, so the, the Tasker one, which is kind of, we need to do that one because it's the famous one, is like an hour and a half drive. <laughs> it's like the other end of the island. All right, so w- what we're going to do is oh. we're going to put put the uh, names in the hat and just say, right, which <laughs> well, one of no, you is coming? I, I, I'll, I'll volunteer to drive. I'll volunteer to drive. Oh, you kind of do that. You can um, have a beer. You can have a couple of whiskeys. And then, yeah, there, there's an island trip we can do, which you get a ferry for 20 minutes over to an island and it's really... Really spectacular. Cool. Up for all that, Neil. Can't wait. So, Anyways, enough about enough about me. Have you 
you're off tomorrow, right? You so you've had a short week. It's all done. I am, and like it's just I've I've kind of explained this to other friends and and family members. Is like December throughout my whole career has always been quiet. So when I was in kind of more IT technical kind of focused. There's a change freeze in organizations, so they don't tend to do anything complex or dangerous during the Christmas season because everyone's off. So if something goes wrong, then nobody's there to fix it. So they generally have start of end of November. It's a freeze on on all things change related, project related. So yeah, it's, I'm just kind of coasting just now, which is nice. Um, done a few bits and pieces. Did a, did my course obviously a couple of weeks ago. I'm doing some internal development stuff. Um, so the company I work for has loads of intellectual property where they've de- developed ways of, of managing transformation, managing change. So I'm learning all about that. Um, reading a book just now that my work got me called Business Storytelling, which is very good. Um, but kind of the science behind how to tell a good story through business and through um, storytelling, which is nice. But yeah, that's just a, that's a customer one, right? So I, I remember there was a client of mine a long time ago, he worked for a, a big, big American bank, right? And I remember him telling me, like, like talking me through some stuff. And they were always like, I, I'd always kind of remark on the fact that these were stories for clients. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, and you know, and during the war when so and so wanted some money, we were the bank was going to lend the money to them, and so they donated, like France donated, like a whole row of mansions on the next to the Art de Triomphe, you know. It's all these kind of like quite cool and illustrious and quite kind of fun stories that if you are part of sort of either sales or negotiation or whatever else, you know, you can really kind of talk about the company and talk about the things in a much more romantic way than something that seems like such a large corporation <laughs> that ultimately yeah. they're going to deal yeah. with like, you know, that kind of thing. So that's quite clever. I'm, I'm reading actually a book about uh, storytelling and writing, just generally, generally speaking, because... I think I, that's one thing I've always been very weak at, and I think I can it can help with my editing. It can help with my um, script writing and stuff for like YouTube if I want to do that. So it's a good skill yeah. to have, Neil. Yeah, and like, I just love the, my company. We get time to kind of do self development, so really enjoying that. Um, and like going back to your point about having like seeing Olivia more, I still pinch myself where every day I, I, I say ninety five percent of the time I get to pick up Isla and or sorry, drop off the kids, all the kids at their nursery and school and pick them up at their nursery and school. And it's just amazing. Like being able to, they, they run to me when they see me in the playground and yeah, like I'm, I'm probably, there's probably, I don't know, 80% mums or maybe even 90% mums, 10% dads there in the playground. So I feel very, very lucky that I get to do that. Yeah, it's um, pretty sick. Like it's, it's a good, it's, even before I had kids, I think I said that I that's what I wanted, right? That, that's what I wanted to be able to do was to pick up and drop off my kids at school. Um, and i got to keep reminding myself that's important, you know, that ultimately you don't necessarily need to push, 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 push if it drags you away from actually the thing that makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Isla still ate and still runs to me with a smile on her face. So I'm I'm dreading the day when it's like I don't know she gets to 13 years old and she comes out in a half. <laughs> Pretty much, Dad, leave me alone. By then I'll probably be my CEO hat on and running a multi-million pound company. We'll see. We um, shall see, Neil. We shall see. <laughs> I don't think you'll be getting much kid time if you're running a company. No, no. But yeah, like my week's been pretty pretty chilled. I finished work on Tuesday. Tuesday's my last day. Ooh. 
So I've got a Edinburgh night out with kind of the, the Edinburgh crew work related. And then that's the kind of mic drop to, to finish off 2022. We'll have to, we're going to have to do our end of year review because we set a bunch of targets at the start of the year, didn't we? We did. Uh, that, that I, I'll have to re-listen to that episode <laughs> to remember what, what, what we're hoping to be able to do. I imagine I haven't achieved any of them, but <laughs> we'll see. It's kind of interesting though, isn't it? Because my year started very differently how it's ending. Yeah, we could, we could have a, yeah, we could digest that as well. That would be a, definitely a very fun digestion. Um, one, thing I, one thing I wanted to do is like highlights as well. It's so like, although looking looking back, well, maybe, I don't know if we can do it in one episode. But that's, that's our next two content things, Neil. Done. <laughs> you've got you know next week. Next week you've got highlights, and then the uh, week between Christmas and New Year is our twenty twenty three in review. Done. And then and then then the next one is basically just what we did, what our plans are for twenty twenty three. So we got we got three bits of content sorted. <laughs> Great, um, and not much prep because it's all all in my head. Anyway, let's move on to the topic where we're going to discuss the first your first parents' evening. So when was this, Gordon? Was this recently? A couple of days ago? I couldn't go, sadly. So this is going to be a great this is going to be a great uh, <laughs> podcast. But yeah, basically, like I told you that my father-in-law had to get his, an operation on his eye thing to reattach something. Well, the uh, the the idea was they were going to be back in time and look after Olivia, and then we'd both be able to go. But oh, Laura just man. went. Laura just went on her own. But, um, I mean, it's kind of, these ones are kind of a bit, like... A bit fake. Because you, like, I'm not paying, like, I'm not paying for school. Like, if she goes to public school, you don't pay, right? So you get a, you get a non, not an unreasonable review of how they're getting on. But I feel like half the time, nursery, I just tell me what I want to hear. She's yeah. smart, she's funny, and she's sociable. That's basically, like, they, they know the game, right? Because... Daddy's daddy's got to keep mummy and daddy got to keep putting their hands in the pocket to keep them keep them employed. So yeah, you know the usual things came out, but then they are restricted. They are sort of held under account in terms of they have to look for developmental stages and you know tell you if the kid's going to be behind. Like they they're basically there to make sure that Olivia is actually developing in the way she should in terms of her speech and way she's talk walking and you know her hand eye coordination and all that kind of stuff and they have to raise things if there's any ever any issues so it's it's pretty good like the trained professionals these are people who who look out for these things and you know as you know neil half the time we're just winging it right i've got no idea olivia had a rash this evening I no idea where it came from no idea where it is no idea where it's gonna go who knows so it's those kind of things where they're probably quite good at it because they can recognize <laughs> some of these things anyway yeah yeah so yeah, it was pretty like it's across the board. There, you know, she's like green green tick on everything really. She's chatty, she's sociable, she plays, she's kind, she's uh, interacting, like stringing some words together, like just doing everything. And equally, there's no drama, like there's no kind of. Initially, when she was going, she was kind of a bit apprehensive about it all because she's very much like the kind of kid that would doesn't just jump straight into the deep end. She'll just sit for a minute, contemplate things, watch stuff, and then she's off. And then she's off like doing whatever she wants to do and playing and whatever else. So it's the same thing at nursery, but now she she waves bye. Like, you know, she's like, see you later. I'm off. I'm going to do my thing. So, yeah. And and then she comes to you when she's obviously, she's done for the day. But she's great. Um, nice. I think it's great for her. I think everything I've ever thought about nurse, nurseries generally, that the earlier she can get socialized, the better the outcome overall um certainly later in life so she's doing that she'll move up to the next bit but 
generally, Neil, I mean, she's not like <laughs> taking tests or anything. You know? <laughs> yeah, she's I not- mean, I've kind of got the whole, I've, I've obviously done private nursery with Isla, heard the heard what they say, and then now she's in public, or she's in school, and the boys are in public nursery. And I, I always, like, there's a saying we, we say when we speak to salespeople in our organisation, it's like, does that person have happy ears? And that basically means that, like, do they just see everything with rose-tinted glasses on? And are they telling us the true story? Um, and I, I just get that vibe from any teacher I speak to. Like, any teacher or nursery practitioner I speak to, I, I just feel like they're just giving me a, a positive story. Let's be honest, though, Neil. Like, how many people want to tell you your kid's shit? Like, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. Nobody wants, then, nobody, nobody wants to say, your kid's ugly, you take dumb, <laughs> and your kid's... <laughs> Your kid's a bully. Like nobody, nobody wants those three things, right? But I, th- I think I'd like, I'd like to know, um, so I can I'm address sure, it at I'm, home. I'm sure, but it's more the the uh, people shoot the messenger, right? So yeah, half yeah. half the time, maybe there's maybe someone like you, Neil, where you're you're a developed dad, right? You're you understand and you want to try and fix things if there's issues. I get that. You're rational. Not everyone's like that. Everyone thinks the sun <laughs> shines out their kids' arse. Yeah, yeah. So you imagine being, I don't know how much nursery nurses paid, it can't be much. 25, 30 want, maybe. Yeah. Mate, they want an easy life, right? They don't want to have to have some <laughs> parents screaming and shouting at them, telling them that their kid's Einstein when actually they're, you know, they're more a caricature of Donald Duck. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a couple of interesting stories and I doubt anybody's listening to this and I'm obviously not going to give it names, but there's been a few incidents where the boys' nursery, there's been two occasions where a kid's been expelled from nursery. For expelled? Just, from nursery? Was he dealing with drugs? Is expelled the right word? Not allowed to come back for a period of time. Um, Removed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I kind of, I don't know how, how they're meant to deal with it, but the, the, one of these kids were, was very violent towards every kid there. And obviously there's some kind of things going on that needs to be resolved, but... Yeah, so I guess they do look out for things, and I guess if my kids were on that serious kind of downward trend of hitting people and stuff, I'd know about it. And you also do hear of parents getting phone calls saying, can you come and pick up your child because they've been really bad or misbehaved? And I've never had that, so I think that's quite... So you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because like on the flip side, you know, you've got got the nursery nurses who obviously like, especially the private ones where they they need the kid to stay there because they're going to get paid, right? But at the same time, like personally, I, I'm often caught in between this thing because all my friends that have had kids, all the people that I've ever spoken to, they all they all just think that their kid's a genius, right? They think, oh, they're so smart. They're so like fast. They're so physically like ahead of everyone. You know, not all kids can be ahead of everybody and not all <laughs> kids can be smart, right? So I'm kind of, as a parent, you know, when, when you're in nursery, you're now seeing other kids and what they're up to and what they're doing. You know, I'm trying not to get caught in that kind of balance of she's incredible. She's going to be the next prime minister. Like she's yeah. going to be Elon Musk. She's unbelievable. <laughs> to the point of also thinking, nah, you know, she's all right. She's got some way to go. She's she's, she's doing fine. Like just keep going away. You know, give her some love and she'll be fine. But sometimes I'm going in there thinking these kids don't even know what they're looking at. Like they can't even <laughs> say a word. But mine's running around saying hello, <laughs> offering everyone a cup of tea. Yeah, there's, there's like a fine line between being worried and just running with the running with it and and seeing how it goes. And then I think there's a point in time. Is it secondary school or is it I don't know when they get later into into 
primary school is um, what do, what do English just to so get the terminology right? What do English people call the primary school? I can't remember. It's primary school. Is it? Um, it's not kindergarten or something, Neil. Like we're not in America. No, but you guys do like year one, two, and three, which is not quite. Neil, I have one to one. Like Laura's gonna have to teach me this because I'm gonna be going. She's off to do hires, but she's doing her levels. <laughs> but and anyway. they do like a star crap down here as well. And there's like, oh. like I don't know. There's some test. Like I don't know if you do it in Scotland, but there's some test you get into grammar school or something. I don't know. I, who, who yeah, knows, but, Neil? Like when do you start worrying? So like, so last parents' evening. I'll tell you a story with Ayo's last parents' evening. She um, this was only a few maybe a, a month ago two months ago she's in p3 now she's actually in a mixed class so she's in p3 slash four which i think is really good and i'm glad she's in that class because she's now making friends with p4s which are obviously a bit further a year ahead than her does she also get put put in a place sometimes Uh, i mean she's i've never really heard those stories but she's certainly she loves going to school never had any issues and she's made lots of friends anyway first remark was she's a social butterfly which was which is great. Um, she seems to have like different, and we, we get that because like who she invites around to, to her house, they're almost like different groups of friends, which is nice. Um, but they did pick up that she needs she's getting extra support, kind of one to one support on her numbers and her maths, which I'm glad about because, or how to rephrase it, I'm glad they've picked it up and I'm glad they're doing something about it because class size now. I mean, she's in a class of twenty kids, and I do worry sometimes that like. If she's mixed with P4 and P3, are those things getting missed out? But she's getting support for that. But all around, it was a positive experience. Again, I still think the teachers have roasted glasses and say everything's positive, but they seem to be taking action if they think that she's a bit behind. Which is yeah, good. it's again, there's 20 kids, right? You know, one teacher and 20 kids, it's kind of as part of public school life. Whereas when you're in a private school, you're like almost one teacher two kids kind of thing right where there's so much so much more attention is applied um and it is it, like it is good that these kind of things are picked up and you know at the end of the day she can get the help and support that she needs and what she well what she needs ultimately to to get picked up on those types of things but then again sometimes it's like you know maybe she's not into numbers <laughs> do, you know, do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah exactly you know, and so she's still, she's still young. I, like I remember when I went when I went to school, I um, more secondary school. Don't remember, really remember much of much of primary school. Although we were in a very small class, or a very, very small school, and had really mixed classes. But that's, um, that's sec- the thing. That's the thing, though, Neil, isn't it? Where our our schooling in primary school was a country set up where where we had like six or seven people in our class. Yeah, whereas yeah, we, no, uh, we were now like thirty kids. Yeah, whereas our our kids are going to schools where classes are thirty kids, and there's fifty classes. In so in Isla School, there's nine hundred primary school kids. Well, you, see, there you go. Like we grew up in a school <laughs> that's very different, yeah. you know, which is yeah. a thirtieth, like a thirtieth of the size, you know, which is bonkers. So I don't know what I don't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing because I remember going to secondary school and thinking, my God, there's a lot of kids. Whereas, yeah, I like Isla. Isla loves it, and Isla has got so many diverse friend groups and different classes that still come over and play. And she she seems to have done really well in in making those friends. And when she got moved classes because she got moved to a P three four, which didn't really know many people. Um, yeah, like that was a random decision by the school. I don't, I don't really know why they did it, but 
she kind of separated from her friends, but she's now made new friends. Um, but anyway, when I was in secondary school, I, I got support for my English and my maths up until like, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. And I still like, if I look back at my English tests and my math tests, I like did foundation and standard grade, didn't get anywhere near higher. So like, I, I, I do think, and I do want to encourage our kids to go to university because I think that gives them a, just a, a fallback plan. So if they don't get the, the dream job or anything, at least they've got a degree and they've got something on paper that has showed that they've done some academia. But um, I, I struggle sometimes when I think I didn't do that and I left it what, fifth year. I didn't really, I dropped out of college and all that kind of stuff. And here I am today. It's a, it's a, well, I did the opposite, Neil. I did higher English and higher maths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I know they're important. And like, Isla's reading is really coming on. She can now read, uh, like, Biff and Chip is still a thing, which is amazing. Like, I remember Biff and Chip when I was younger. And she's, like, excellent now. Well, in my eyes, who knows what she compares to in her classmates. But she can now read a book without me kind of prompting words, which I think is awesome. Nice. And just seeing nice. that development and... and that kind of thought was so reading I think in my head is for some reason more important than numbers but I'd be interested to hear your depends thoughts. on what you do I guess if if you're an accountant then <laughs> numbers is probably a good idea or if you're in uh, I don't know you're uh, in insurance and all this kind of risk profile management stuff and statistics and stuff like that and if you're a rocket scientist I guess but it just depends on what you're going to do if she's a journalist yeah. Then English and write and reading is basically the thing to do that, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's development aspects of things. At the end of the day, I think everybody's everyone's going to be better at something. Yeah, and yeah. what I think, what I think, school certainly the early stage is basically just having a rounded kid. You know, it's it's like there was there was a thing. I don't know if it was a podcast or whatever I was listening to, but it was talking about. You know, in your 20s, you should try everything and say yes to everything and do everything. In your 30s, you narrow your focus onto the stuff, thing that you're actually good at. And then ultimately in your 40s, you make money from the thing that you're actually good at. It's kind of what you're doing when you're a little kid, right? In primary school, you you just diversify. You do everything. Like there's no subject that you pick or do. You just do absolutely everything. You learn everything. And then even into secondary school, you just go into a higher level of that to some extent. You still do the sciences, you still do maths and you still do English and you still do some bits and pieces. But it's only until you get into your teenage years do you actually then start to specify to some extent. But even then you still have to carry on some of the basics that nearly every single person in this country will ever learn, which is maths and English. And then at least one of the sciences, you just specialize a little bit more. Yeah, so, yeah. I guess the help ultimately when they're really young, they're just they're just trying to make sure they're fully diversified, right? Where they get to a point they're perfectly capable of doing X, Y, and Z, which is English, maths, whatever else. Um, and then when they get to secondary school, then they get further to that, then they can go into specialization and they can start to work out exactly what they need because they still need these basic skills to pretty much do any subject. Um, I still think the trigon trigonometry was absolute bollocks, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Pythagoras and algebra and... Yeah, there's loads of stuff that, and I I do wonder what the cur curriculum now is going to be. I mean, there's a lot more focus, and I've said this in a few podcasts on like mental health and what goes on in your brain and your emotions and your feelings than we ever had, which I think is a plus. Um, Probably going to be like a YouTube class. <laughs> <laughs> a create some kind of creative, yeah. It needs to be. Maybe I mean 
that's pretty much what everyone wants to be these days is a is a YouTuber of some kind. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember my IT teacher, Mr. Simpson, and I, I actually this is might, might shock you, but I still speak to him to this day. <laughs> Mr. Simps, Mr. Simpson in in Infury Academy. Um, he I don't know how we got connected on LinkedIn. This was years ago, and every that kind of job update I posted or something I posted, he's always kind of messaged me saying, "Oh, great to see how you're doing," blah blah. blah. But he introduced me to kind of web design and stuff, and he kind of went away from the curriculum a little bit in IT because web, web, web design and stuff wasn't a thing but he took our class through it and that was awesome like so 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 good yeah um, so but but then I you know again the, it's probably important that our kids diversify as much as possible like they're not, not going to just web design they probably learn at least all the IT skill stuff and then yeah. they can go and do some bits and yeah. pieces um, yeah. what, one thing, I was going to say one thing I wanted to get into is homework and oh. you've obviously never experienced that yet, but I, no. <laughs> um, so it's, it started with Isla just more serious this year. P one and two, um, there was no homework given, uh, um, so that was easy. But P three, we're getting homework, and I wanted, I want to do, I want, I want to be the best, like dad or parent I can be, and help her through the homework and do all the, like just do all the homework we get given. When I asked the teacher on parents evening, like how much should, should we be doing? So she gets like math stuff to take home. She gets um, a book to read every week, a different book. And it's like, how often should we read that book? How often should we do the maths? And her answer was, it's entirely up to you. I'm like, that's, that's not helping me. I want, I want, I want to know, is it twice a week? Is it every day? Is it twice a day? Um, so, and I think t- t- parents, I've certainly heard this from other, other parents is I think teachers are scared to put any pressure on parents because there's some parents out there that'll say, my kid's going to school, it's your responsibility to teach them and go down that avenue. So now there's like, uh, maybe later in life, she'll get targets of this homework needs to be due end of the week. But currently it's as much as you feel is right. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I agree with that. I mean, they, they're they're obviously saying that because they don't necessarily see any kind of that. There's, there's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're saying that. Really, so, I mean, I get, we, I, we we do it every day. <laughs> sure, I mean, we're reading our book, doing our maths every single day. Not not that I think this stands holds holds true to everything, but at the end of the day, time sunk is an important part of getting good at something. Yeah, like the ten thousand errors, whatever thing. It's not necessarily true, but. That helps, right? So if you start playing a piano at two, you're going to be pretty good by the time you're ten. Yeah, if you keep reading a book, you'll eventually nail nail. It's, just, it's it's more also the the, the um, you know, the aspect of like half an hour a day of doing something. Like how many of us actually spend half an hour just doing one th- or learning one new thing or writing something or just like focusing for half an hour? Barely any of us. We we generally just keep doing the same thing that we know what we can do, or we're just on autopilot doing stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know, if if you could do maths one day, English the next day, reading, writing, spelling, whatever, like it, that accumulates over the whole week, right? And the and whole it's not month. much. Like if you think half an hour out your day, it is not much time. So, I, like I, I don't. Know, I wish, I wish uh, teachers were a bit more prescriptive in terms of, yeah, we recommend it should be three times a week or five times a week. Because there's, there's probably kids out there that are not getting any homework. And I feel sorry for them. <laughs> like they're getting no support from their, their, their parents. They're getting no support from 
yeah, their peers and they're just kind of left to it. And but that, but then again, it goes back to your point. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to be successful, right? You know, yeah. I, I we could probably I could probably easily use that argument that I just used in terms of like the accumulation of of time and effort. You know, effort time equals outcome of some kind, which is probably going to be a good thing. But at the same time, it's only a probably. You know, some people some people ace tests. Like some people don't even take don't even revise for tests, but then they ultimately end up going to Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just because they're smart enough. Um, so I don't know. It, like it's it, at the end of the day, you know, even more so the fact that I think about having a kid now and what we've gone through having a kid. I'm just like, just do what you think is the, what you want to do. Like as a parent, like. Whether it whether you whether someone thinks you're neglecting them or not, or whether you think you're over parenting, or whether you're just in the middle ground, or I don't know, it's all the same. Like yeah, yeah, I, I, it's it's all it's all one and the same to some extent. You could probably say this is slightly better parenting and that's slightly worse parenting, and there's certainly the law that then describes what's bad parenting. But I don't know. For me, it's kind of like if a teacher says do it, do it as you want, then fine, that's what we'll do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. One one thing I am very surprised about is, which is kind of annoying, is the whole getting teachers' presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I've been part of that blooming. Here we are every, every year. Right. Uh, but I say the nursery nurse, right? This is this is a seven hundred pounds a month nursery, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently presents are a thing. Like I'm bribing, like I'm bribing the nursery nurses to uh, look after my kid properly. Wow! Like, what's what's too much? What's too little, Neil? What's too yeah. little to the point where you embarrass yourself? You know, is it better just not giving anything? Do you come in as a group and get one big thing, or I guess you like so in the classes like there's the yeah, WhatsApp I, groups and I don't socialize with other parents, Neil. <laughs> no, I'm not like my daughter. <laughs> Yeah, so with with us, we um, I don't know who organises it. Rebecca's part of the group. I'm not, but every year we get a message and says it's time, it's Christmas. They're getting a Christmas present, um, and we put in like ten pounds each. So it's twenty kids. It's two hundred quid that this um, teacher's getting, and yeah, like she, I mean, she got some nice stuff. Like I think last year, um, the, the, there's a fancy hotel in the centre of Edinburgh. I can't remember the name of it. It's right by Waverley Station. Um, she got like a spa day thing there with afternoon tea, which I, I don't know. I think it's lovely that because teachers, I think teachers nowadays, I don't think they get paid enough. We're going down a rabbit hole here, but um, I know it's private nurses a bit different to to what you're paying. But teachers certainly, I think they're on about thirty grand a year, and I know they get lots of holidays. But they're also like we get messages from our teacher in the evenings, like when there's like, updates and homework and all that kind of stuff. So like I don't know, they do put a shift in, so I don't mind putting in a tenner. That's fair enough. Um, with, with, with private private nursery, <laughs> I just I don't know Neil. I'm just kind of like half and half with it because there's 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 part of it is like being nice like you are, right? But there's a level of competition going on as well, isn't there? Especially when you don't come in as a group when you say right yeah. tenor for tenor for all parents. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. I, I kind of was just a bit shocked that that's apparently a thing. Like you get you get presents. You know, yeah. which you know feels feels a bit odd, but it's kind of part of it. And it, I, I guess, like one of the big things <laughs> I kind of mentioned it jokingly, but one of the big big things is actually, you know, 
I, I close the door and I don't know what happens unless they tell me, right? So you're always in this position where I'm always going to look after my kid the best way I can, generally speaking, <laughs> depending on how hungover or tired or how much is annoying <laughs> me. But generally speaking, I'm going to look after well. And you've got to trust that. When you shut that door, you've got to trust it, right? You've got to, you've got to trust that time. And you're like, I, I don't doubt it. But at the same time, this part of me is like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's going, to, going to be all right. Or she's going to be fine. Or are they going to notice things? Are they going to give her water? Are they going to feed her okay? Are they going to make sure she gets her nap? And you have to then like kind of negotiate with them and be like, she needs to nap at this time. If she doesn't nap at this time, she's going to be grumpy. If you don't feed her, if you do these kind of things, you know. Because did I tell you our nursery went from... Uh, excellent and in- inadequate. Oh no! Oh, oh! This is a good one. This is a good one for the podcast. Seven hundred pounds a month, Neil. Okay, seven hundred pounds a month. We signed up. Nursery by Ofsted was rated. Ofsted is the uh, regulatory board that sort of assesses nurseries and schools and all sorts of other crap. Anyway, it was excellent, excellent nursery. We're like, great, excellent nursery. Put her in. Ofsted comes in, didn't they? Do a little report. Check them out. Assess them. Inadequate. (laughs) Then, two weeks later, they send us a letter. The prices are going up. I was like, are you... Hold on a minute. So Laura was (laughs) yesterday just being like, hold on a minute, you're putting the prices up, but you're you're inadequate. Like, hmm. But then, I'm kind of taking like our mum, our our mum, she used to say that you should go and dine at a restaurant that's been uh, investigated for food poisoning. Because it'll be the cleanest oh, restaurant ever, yeah. right? But it'll be the, the, the swankiest, cleanest kitchen you've ever eaten out of. So they're now on a mission to get up to excellent. So I'm, yeah. So they're they're kind of demonstrating at the moment. They're doing well, but uh, yeah, the inadequate thing. And it was all stuff like they sent a letter out about it because you can. It's public knowledge, right? You can go and see yeah, the report. Yeah, it with schools as well and stuff. <clears throat> yeah, you can do all that kind of stuff. So you can read it if you want to. But it was all kind of stuff. You're like, ah, all right, okay. It's not. There's nothing like, it's not a massive grievance here. It's just that you've got some student nursery nurse who's not used a fresh plate to butter the toast. <laughs> I mean, if you saw what I did with my kid, like, <laughs> Ofsted would not be rating me, that's for sure. Like, yeah. things you do things you do as a parent, like, when Olivia gets up, um, we do her bottle, and I really like, she, she likes it too, but basically she sits on the countertop with me while I'm making the bottle, and she'll help me, like, make coffee, and there's, like, all sorts of things. But I'm telling you, she falls off that counter. It's not going to be. It's not going to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And she wouldn't. That wouldn't happen, obviously, in a nursery, right? That's that's not happening. So I guess there's this guess a bit of that. But yeah, you've got to trust it, right? Same with schools. You have got to trust. Mm. You shut the door and off they go. Yeah, like it's interesting when you think about the school reports. We looked at our, the, the reports that our school goes to. Um, I think it's every like five years or something they get updated. But I don't know when the next one is. But imagine if you put your kids into the school thinking, yeah, it's, it's excellent, then it goes just plummeting downhill. That'd be a bit worrying. But And with, with school, you can't really do anything. With nursery, you could move them. But with school, you're kind of stuck. Oh, yeah, there. private. That, that, that's that's part of, like, you know, my, my ambitions. My ambition is to privately educate my children. Whether someone thinks that's right or wrong, I, I don't care. It's, you know, the the likelihood of better outcomes is higher in my mind. And if, if it's disposable income that I can use, then I'll do it. And you can't move them, right? You can just move them around private schools if you want to. It doesn't really matter. And if they get excellent, they get excellent. But yeah, public schools, you ain't, you ain't doing anything with that. Like, that's it's not happening. Yeah. How, um, <clears throat> I mean, you haven't really been down this rabbit hole yet, but 
we have some some parents on social media who post their kids' report cards and things like that. Oh, and like boast about it, and I definitely don't agree with that. Like, a does your kid want want your want their report card on social media? Probably not. And B, like, what? Why? What's the what validation are you looking for? That really it's grinds my gears. Games, Neil. I've got a smart kid. Yeah. So, so the teacher would rotate glasses. Thinks. It's <laughs> not but, telling you the truth. But it's the same. It's the same as like. Um, I think one of my friends met his girlfriend's parents for the first time. She dragged his uh, Oxford Oxford uh, degree out. Wow. And, and like put it and but it was framed and put it on like on the, <laughs> the on the site. <laughs> but that's what people do, right? It kind of you know they put titles in front of their name at the end of the name. They you know do all that kind of stuff when they're adults. Adults will do that for their kids because they're just partly. I think they want someone to turn around and go, "Your kid's all right. They're doing fine. Well done. Crack on." Yeah. Or they are just a bit weird. <laughs> Why would you do that? I know, I know, but it's, I don't it's, think the, same, it's the same people that post their Christmas presents ah, <laughs> on okay. Facebook. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, that, that was a good good conversation. Some takeaways, I think, for the half a listener that's probably left on this dry subject. Not too dry, but if you've got kids, hopefully it's interesting. Um, I guess don't get too hung up on, especially if they're young kids. Don't get too hung up on their abilities yet. I think there's it's, there's... The, com- it's the comparison issue, isn't it? That's that's the thing. It, it, yeah. It fundamentally comes down to, especially when it's your first kid, you worry about absolutely everything. Like it, it is. You're just you just you're walking in the dark when it comes to a kid. Like I said today, like she had a rash on her legs. I have no idea where that came from. I don't know <laughs> if it's dangerous. Yeah. But at the same time, she seems fine in herself, and that's basically what the doctor down the down, down the phone's going to ask me, right? Same thing when they're like development aspect of things. By now, we probably would have noticed something if there was something a bit different about Olivia. But even then, still, like it still might not take. It still might take five years before we see if there's anything that she makes her very different to to other children. So who knows? So for me, like I just try and ignore the idea of comparing them, and I also try and ignore the the natural instinct to think she's an absolute genius and she's going to conquer the world. Whereas. <laughs> I'm just happy being with her, right? She's a really nice person and I, I just want to hang out with her and, you know, whether she's super high intellect or super low intellect, it doesn't matter because I think she's such a lovely little person and I just want to hang out with her all the time. So, yeah, I think the comparison thing is a tough part, right? And the yeah. unknown, I guess, as a parent. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, especially when, like, I, I don't know, it'd be interesting if we're still doing this podcast when our kids are going through exams and stuff. But that kind of, I mean, they're actually talking about, um, oh, there's, there's various political political parties or public parties, people getting together and basically saying that exams should be removed from the curriculum and just, just have like quarterly tests, small tests and like project work and all that kind of stuff, which is interesting. Right. It will be interesting. Yes. Uh, I think that's partly leaning on the, uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't push our kids too hard. Just yeah. in case, you know, we don't we don't want them to get too stressed, right? <laughs> gonna take it easy, you know. We've got to be grateful for all the things in our lives. Yeah, I don't know. Perhaps not. I think tests are probably not not a bad thing, um, because you'll quickly realise whether or not you are actually clever or not. 
<laughs> true, true. And equally, equally, the the deadline of do this thing is pretty common across pretty much anything you're going to do for the rest of your adulthood, right? Yeah, if you're not held if you're not held, you're not tested for, and not held accountable to things. Like, you're just going to be a bum smoking joints in your living room. You're not going to get very far. Probably not. No, not if you're not if you're held accountable to to certain things. If you just you know project work or what I don't know. I don't know what the theory might be from the SMP recently. <laughs> taxes are going up though. Oh, the SMP put the taxes up. Yeah, I'm surprised. You yeah, I'm surprised you didn't open with that conversation on 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 the podcast, Gordon. I I didn't know the SNP were putting up taxes. The, the English government aren't. Yeah. Excellent. Recent, the Scottish they, budget was re, was announced today. Oh, was it? Let me have a hold on. Let me have a look at this. <laughs> a quick five minutes about this. BBC Scottish budget. I, I knew the budget was out today, but I don't really pay attention to the Scottish budget because Scotland's not even a country. I mean, oh. I, I worked it. I worked it out, and it's about. I don't know. Hold on, here a we couple, go, right, I've, I've got it. A couple of, a few coffees a, a month. I'm paying extra. So I'm not, not bothered about that. Was that high earners? So high earners yeah, then. Everyone earning, more, everyone earning more than 43k in Scotland will have to pay more income tax. Oh dear. A, P, a, a penny per pound. Oh dear. What a shame. You've, you've got, you know Scotland's got the highest taxes in uh, in the UK? We've also got free education for our kids. You do. You also have the one of the largest deficits in the UK for uh, tax contribution. So the tax contribution that you make, Neil, you for every person in Scotland, they actually uh, take more than they contribute. Did you know that? I don't. I don't want to go into detail. But if my um, if my three kids can get a degree for free, then I'll happily pay a penny more. Sure. Well, and if free, the SAP I, I, and free prescriptions. I suppose if the SMP keep going, it'd probably be worthless by the time they get the free degree. <laughs> so it should be free in Scotland and you'd be like, can I get a job in England? Have you got a degree from Scotland? No. <laughs> hey, let's go down the rabbit hole of prestigious universities in Scotland. Okay. <laughs> Neither of which we went to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Are you going to close this out, Neil? Because I'm going to close the last one out and introduce this one. On that note, yes, I think Gordon had some pretty sound advice. Um, don't compare, but it's hard not to sometimes. But yeah, don't compare. Anyway, thanks for listening to episode number 53. You can reach us on all podcast platforms, Spotify. Sometimes, sometimes Neil posts on Instagram as well. Sometimes. sometimes. Not always. The return on investment is not very good. Like, it still takes me a long time. <laughs> I don't have much time. Anyway, give us a rating. Give us the five stars. Um, next couple of episodes should be more, hopefully more interesting um, than this one. Talking about what we've achieved in 2020, some of our highlights, and what we plan to do in 2023. Wow. The, uh, the anticipation oh, will be building amongst our audience. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot wait. All right. Yeah. See you later. Bye. Bye.